Friday, everybody. This is Trevor McGee from Lawrence.com here with uh, Eric Moline from SceneStealers.com. How's it going? How bad are you doing? I'm doing good. I am, I am starting to recover from what I like to refer to as award season hangover. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say you were recovering from air guitar hangover. Well, yeah, that too. That too. Um, but, you know, it's, it is it is that time of year where, um, as critics, mm-hmm. we are fortunate enough to receive lots of DVD screeners at our house. Mm-hmm. And then we have to vote uh, at the end of the year so that they can the, – the studios can look at all the awards and start building these campaigns for award shows. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and really, the season should come with Prozac. Like the, the screeners should come with <laughs> prescriptions for antidepressants because by the time you've gotten through Black Swan, um, beautiful Blue Valentine, Blue Valentine, <laughs> just like oh, yeah, I am love. Now. You know, yeah. you're just kind of ready. You're ready to 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 take a long walk off the and, shore. And so the re- the reason I mention that is because uh, this weekend we have the Green Hornet coming mm-hmm. out, which we'll talk about later. Which is kind of uh, in my opinion, the perfect antidote um, yeah. to, to to those kind of movies right now. And then uh, we'll also be talking today about uh, the Golden Globes, which are going to be Sunday night. And uh, we're going to offer some predictions and uh, just generally make fun of them, I think. Yeah, because they deserve to be made fun of because it's a terrible award show. I'm glad that you uh, – although Ricky Gervais is yeah. uh, always funny as a host. But if you – He took a shot at Mel Gibson up, last year, and if, if we only knew then what we know Exactly. Now, uh, if you add up all the amount of screen time that he'll be on during a three-hour broadcast, it'll probably be about eight minutes. Yeah, which is how long I think the first season of Office was. As long as they are Today's top story, newspaper mogul James Reed was found dead, leaving his son in charge of his media empire. I'm Cato. I'm sorry to hear about your father. Who is Cato? He worked on your father's cars and made his coffee. Here? Lay it on me, Cato. You are full of little surprises. Check this out. You drew all these? Want to see something cool? Think about this, Kato. I haven't done anything good my whole life. We've been wasting our potential. You a little bit more than me. This city needs our help. We could be heroes. Okay. I need some weapons. Yes, we will. And armor. Mm. But no tights. Good. Are you ready to die? I control the crime. I control the city. Let's roll, Kato. Green Hornet has been attracting a lot of attention. Whoa! Is it gas gone? How come I'm the only one with a gun? Because you don't have fighting experience. How does it even work? Okay. Do you work for Mr. Reed? I'm his executive associate. He's my man. I'm not your man. He's not my man. Not we're plato- it's plato- it's we're just platonic friends. Yes. I want the head of the Green Hornet. I want it tonight. Kato, we have a secret mission. Take my hand. Come with me on this adventure. I'll go with you. But I don't want to touch you. Careful, I'll be 
But yeah, so let's get to it. Let's talk about the Green Hornet. Yes. Um, this is the Seth Rogen vehicle um, written and produced by Mr. Rogen and his, his writing producing partner, Evan uh, Goldberg. Uh-huh. And um, who's also the base of the character Evan in Superbad, Seth and Evan. Um, and it's directed by Michelle Gondry from, uh, you know, Michelle Gondry. Michelle Gondry. Um, the director of Science of Sleep and the vastly superior Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. And the and charming then, but loose Be Kind Rewind. Yeah. And then also Human Nature, his first... Uh, which we don't like to talk about. Which we don't really talk about. <laughs> he also did some incredible music videos, and there's a DVD collection um, out there if you can find it. I don't even know if they still make it, but it's worth tracking down. I know I've seen it at um, Liberty Hall before, um, if you get a chance. And, and, and you know, the, the, the history of this project is pretty amazing. At one point, Stephen Chow was going to direct. Yeah, uh, which would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been crazy. I heard that his idea was that Cato, um, uh, who plays the chauffeur, mm-hmm. uh, has a joystick and controls the Green Hornet yeah. with a joystick. And I thought that sounded kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, at one point, I think Kevin Smith had written an adaptation yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with Evan Goldberg and, and Seth Rogen getting a hold of it, obviously they're going to... Uh, with Rogan in the starring role, they're going to kind of tailor make the script towards his strengths, and really, which means it's a stoner action comedy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then you know when they added uh, Michelle Gondry into the mix, uh, now we've got this incredible visual stylist, yeah. and uh, it really is this melding together of uh, styles that you wouldn't normally think uh, would work together uh, in, a, in a motion picture, and sometimes it doesn't. No, but I um, have to say, I would say most of the time. It I have to say this: we we vastly disagree on this movie. Uh, I, I thought um, it was original. Yeah. Uh, at, at many different points in the film, yeah. I th- I, th- I like the idea of taking this '30s uh, serialized radio play turned into a TV show. Uh, and, and everything else adapted for comic books or whatnot. Right. But it's this, this old school idea of this rich guy, this, this millionaire uh, heir who, who uh, gets driven around, who gets chauffeured around yeah. uh, in, in this car and, and they fight crime together. I like the idea of updating it and making this, this, uh, the millionaire character really dim-witted and spoiled yeah. and stupid. And, and that whole idea fits well with what Rogan does, but they were really stubborn. Yeah. About making him a jerk throughout the entire film. He doesn't even grow. Like, there's that grow moment right. kind of at the very end of the film. So you pretty much hate him throughout the entire film. Yeah. And there's a fight scene that they have together where the two guys are kicking each other's ass. And that is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. It really is a bromance in the way that, that Superbad uh, and Pineapple Express were as yeah. well. Um, and and I think that that sometimes uh, doesn't work as well as it should. I think that Christoph Waltz, who won an Oscar for Inglorious Bastards, as yep. uh, the most threatening uh, the Jew uh, hunter, yeah, character ever yeah. to to kill you with kindness, um, is is not that effective in in this movie. But almost everything else I loved. Like really? I the action scenes, I wanted them to be over the top and unique visually, yeah. and they were. And, That's and actually the only thing I did like about it. Was the action? The action scenes, and on, not even all of them, just the first two or three. So you got bored of it? Yeah, I got bored, I, I got bored of it and just sort of uh, turned off by the whole thing. 
by the end, I really didn't care. And, and, and it goes to absurd heights at the end, and I don't want to give it, any of it away. But you see oh. most of it in the trailer. So, like, the, the car gets cut in half and, you know, all that Oh, that stuff. was in the trailer? Yeah, it's in the trailer. I didn't see that. That was yeah. great. It was, for me, uh, it brought me back to the way that uh, action movies used to be when they were fun before they were too serious. Yeah. Uh, and, and it made me think of the Blues Brothers where they're driving through uh, a mall uh, in this huge police chase. And then at the end, they're, you know, at the top of the skyscraper. Yeah. And it was just ridiculous. And I, and I love that uh, Gondry went there with that and did all this um, really inventive stuff, you know. I mean, that first fight scene with Cato, that's that, – that Cato was, vision. Cato vision, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing, with that was just Gondry at his most um, potent in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't go into it expecting, like, oh, Michelle Gondry's going to make this weird art house action movie. Yeah, I knew so it wasn't going to be I knew it wasn't going to be like that. I knew it wasn't going to be as inventive or as surreal or bizarre as, as his other stuff. But it just, the movie itself felt so, it was just so standard and so oh, I straightforward. I, I, totally I really disagree. I really couldn't get past... There were so many things I just couldn't get into, and I wanted to like it. I really did, and I, I just didn't. I, I, I won't see it again. I don't care. Oh, I think I, I think like two months from now, no one's going to talk about the Green Hornet. I think it's going to be fun to see again. I'm looking forward to it. We should mention that it was 3D. It was upconverted. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that was interesting, um, more so than than yeah. some of the really bland upconverts we, we've seen. Yeah. But again, it's a, it's a cash grab. Oh yeah, for so sure. If, and they and any more money, don't worry about yeah, that. Any more, the strategy is you know if we don't think if we think the movie's going to underperform. Um, delay it two, three, five months, upconvert it, then you've got higher ticket prices and you stand a better chance of making your money back. And that's what's going on with Thor. That's what that's what happened right. with Class of the Titans. I mean, that's that's just kind of. But going back to what you on. said about it, this being standard, I I don't think, I think that's the I case. Think the setup, actually, I think the setup, I think the sequences, I think the overall plot arc is about as straightforward as humanly possible, and. It really, I mean, like I said at the beginning, Goldberg and uh, Rogan wrote it, and I think what it really does is show their limits as writers, because the the it wasn't the visuals, it was the plot that really got me. Right, and I right. didn't even mind like what you said about Rogan always being unlikable. That was okay with me. I was and I was glad, you know, that they didn't fall into some of the traps they could have fallen into. There are. They have to have a. They have to have a pretty girl. And in this case, it's it's Cameron Diaz. Yeah, what was she doing in this <clears throat> yeah, movie? Yeah, why was she there? I don't know. That but, that her entire subplot just seemed like uh, out of place. Yeah, and they I even have was gonna a, go a somewhere joke where they make fun of her go. age. Yeah, that was funny. And I'm like, that's kind of a clue. Like, why is she? In, right. Uh, yeah, that was just really strange. It didn't really fit. There's a lot of things that didn't fit. Right. But but overall, it was just so loose and so. Yeah. I, I felt like it was kind of inspired. Actually, like mm-hmm. like they had this uh, this idea, and they were just going to go with it, even yeah. even if as far as they kept taking it, even if it was more and more ridiculous as, yeah. as time went on. And it uh, does I, get more and more ridiculous. Which yeah, I, I should mention we're talking about the Green Hornet. Uh, the, this is the Scene Stealers podcast. Um, Eric Moline. This is Trevin McGee, and Trevin uh, disagrees with me uh, on the film. In fact, when when the, when the movie was over, I remember you coming out and saying, "I'm polar opposite. I hated this movie." Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how has that changed since you know, sleeping hey, on it? I always, I always tend to make a, a bold statement after a movie that I, yeah. I, I don't want to say I flip-flop on, but I back down from. I didn't hate it, but I'm not interested, never seeing it again. I don't have any desire to, like, I, I really think it was a, a waste of my time. Wow. Yeah. 
See, there, yeah. see, that's not. This was for me uh, one of those perfect popcorn I was just, movies. Really, I was just bored and and disinterested. And you know, a, a great example of how we differ. I, you said this was your remedy to the award season. Mine was Tron. Absolutely, mine was Tron Ugh. because Tron was just. I mean, it it was dumb. You didn't have to think about it. it didn't make any sense. But it, it looked cool. There were some interesting action pieces, and that was fine. Okay, so maybe maybe what we're what we're reacting to then is uh, at least I thought that the Green Hornet was fun, had a fun spirit, and yeah. was fun. Yeah. And 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 maybe what it is is I hate these uh, special effects driven yeah. uh, action movies that have no sense of humor that aren't fun that don't take you anywhere interesting right. and 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 this one broke a lot of rules and and yeah maybe it broke some of them and it didn't succeed yeah. but I found that to be more adventurous and the visual style uh, way more fun and adventurous than most action movies and and so. Uh, for me, you know, uh, it's not a perfect film, but certainly uh, a better diversion, uh, you know, than something uh, I don't know than 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 Tron Legacy. I'm sorry, I I I didn't get anything out of Tron Legacy at all. It was, uh, a, it, yeah, it was a slog. I just didn't like that movie at all. Anyway, anyway, well, we'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So you should email us at uh, Eric at scene stealers. Yeah, just email me. Just email yeah. Eric. Eric because at scene-stealers.com yeah. and, and tell us what you think. Put it in the uh, subject line, you're an idiot or you're 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 right on. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll read you next week. Yeah, we'll 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 read your comment on the air. As long as it's not abusive. Not I'll I'll read it if it's abusive. Towards <laughs> Eric. We'll read it. Yeah. Not not towards me. Alright, so uh let's uh so anyway, Golden Globes. Yeah, well, let's move on. Before we do, though, I want to say real quick that, A, this is Scene Stealers podcast with uh, Trevin and Eric, and uh, B, Greenhorn opens this weekend at the Southwind. Also coming to the Southwind is the King's Speech, um, which is funny because I actually had to check around last week for um, the Journal World and see if it was coming, and, and both Liberty Hall and Southwind said no way. And then <laughs> as soon as we published it on Monday, there was a phone call from Southwind said, hey, we're getting it now. So um, whatever they had to do, it's definitely coming now. Um, it's coming just in time for the Golden Globes again this weekend. Don't miss it. It's definitely worth seeing if you haven't already driven to Kansas City to see it. And the only other movie that's that's opening um, worth talking about or worth even mentioning is uh, Fair Game at Liberty Hall. And it's worth talking about because it came out in October. Yeah, this is the Valerie Plame uh, incident directed by Doug Lyman. Um, who did the Firstborn movie and Go!, and neither of us have seen it. No. So tell us what you thought of that. Well, you as well. should. Apparently, Naomi Watts has been getting recognized every now and then for it. So apparently, there there is some awards buzz around that. I would like uh, Liberty Hall to get uh, another year the uh, the Mike Lee movie so we can mm. talk about that. Yeah, that would be good. That I'd would appreciate be cool. that. And also, uh, Rabbit Hole. Yeah. That's another movie that should come with a prescription because. Nothing gets me in the holiday spirit. Like, I mean, they, that that thing literally showed up at my house on the twenty third of December, and, you're like, and I watched. Oh, sweet! A show about um, parents child. with yeah. parents grappling with their recently deceased child. Yes, awesome. But let's move on. Let's talk about the Golden Globes now. It's this weekend. It's it is. Base. It's on NBC. Sunday night. It's uh, a big joke because there's a thousand categories and it goes forever. And it's the Hollywood Foreign Press. So. Tell us about the Hollywood Foreign Press for those of you, because because every time I make fun of the Golden Globes, people they're they're like, oh, I thought it was like the lead up to the Oscars. Well, in some ways it is. Kind All these the stars get together and they have free drinks and they get drunk and they sit at the table and, and nerds like us like to predict what's going to happen at the Oscars based off of what but, happens there. But it's the body, uh, the voting body, that makes it so unique. 
Hollywood Foreign Press is just how it sounds. Hollywood Foreign Press is um, uh, representatives from all the non, I guess, how would I say, non-North American, European. Um, Non-American. Even, non, yeah, basically countries. non-American yeah. countries. Um, it's a collective of representatives from all, or not all, but most of the major editorial bodies that aren't um, located out of America. And they get together and they look at essentially North American movies, movies in the U.S. specifically, and um, vote on what they liked. Yeah, and these are the, the journalists who do all the press junkets mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and they idolize the stars and they love hanging out with them. And, yeah. and uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, journalistic body, to say yeah. the least. And they have a long history, uh, of which I'll just give one quick example Madonna. before we move on. There it is. <laughs> Can I, yeah, that was that. Madonna as best actress for Evita over Francis McDormand for Fargo. Yeah. Good night, everybody. That was one. Um, so, so the Golden Globe uh, nominations are out. And, you know, here's the thing is every year they have a great, great opportunity because, uh, for better or worse, they split up uh, the motion picture categories into drama mm-hmm. and comedy or musical, which gives uh, uh, three categories. And then they also do animated, don't they? They do, yeah. So they, have three, they basically have three best movie categories yes. every year. But and the nice thing is, is the comedy or musical thing, um, as, as ridiculous as it is to group those two categories together, mm-hmm. uh, it gives uh, a chance for comedies to be recognized uh, in an award season when everything is so drama heavy. And so uh, this year, in, uh, for best motion picture, comedy or musical, uh, in a year featuring I Love You, Philip Morris, this crazy, risky uh, comedy with Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor, which I, I hope comes here soon. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's amazingly strange. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is a very funny, very uh, uh, you know creative movie. Um, these are the pictures that they've nominated <laughs> for Best Comedy. The Tourist with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. Hilarious. Red with Bruce Willis. <laughs> Helen yep. Mirren and Morgan Freeman as oldies with guns. And Richard Dreyfuss, don't forget. Yes. Or no, not, yeah, Richard no. Dreyfuss is the bad guy, and then um, Malkovich Ugh. is in there, too. Yeah. Burlesque, which is the Cher, uh, <laughs> yeah. Christina Aguilera musical. Alice in Wonderland, which yeah. is Tim Burton doing another remake. And The Kids Are All Right, which technically isn't a comedy at all. No. Um, but it's definitely it is by musical, far. Though. Oh yeah. God, I wish it were a musical. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, the kids are all right. Uh, is Annette Bening, Julianne Moore, Mark Ruffalo. A uh, great little family mm-hmm. drama that came out this summer and is kind of losing some steam here in award season. It's obviously going to win this category yeah. because it's the only uh, halfway worthwhile thing. But I just can't imagine that 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 they they messed up so so badly. Not even uh, nominating Scott Pilgrim and Philip Morris. It's just ridiculous. No. Yeah. Um, also in the in the category, uh, they've got the best actress in a comedy or musical and best actor in a comedy or musical. And this is always fun too because um, it, it it takes the Oscar prognosticators and splits them right down the middle. If right. there are people nominated for for uh, this category, uh, then and and also they're going to be nominated for an Oscars, it gives somebody else a chance to win. Uh, this year um, for comedy or musical, it's Annette Benning for The Kids Are All Right, yeah. Anne Hathaway for Love and Other Drugs, mm-hmm. and Juliana Jolie for The Tourist. What the hell? <laughs> Julianne Moore for The Kids Are All Right as well, and Emma Stone for Easy A, which I didn't see, but yeah. I heard was really good. Yeah, I actually did see it. I liked it. Cool. I was surprised by it. So, so in that category, uh, I think you know it's going to be either Emma Stone or uh, Annette Benning. I don't know if uh, Julianne Moore will be able to take it. Yeah, but. it's unfortunate that they 
they had to sort of cop out and put Annette Benning in there because she's she's been winning dramatic. I mean, she won the New York uh, Film Critics Circle Award earlier this week. Um, really good performance, yeah, really layered that. performance. Yeah. Um, and then also in the actor category for comedy or musical, and this is where things get really fun, Johnny Depp for Alice in Wonderland. Sure. Yeah. Johnny Depp for The Tourist. Sure. Uh, an awful, awful film uh, that we got a screener for that I saw earlier uh, called Casino Jack with Kevin Spacey. Oh, God, Hamming that it up, movie was awful. Uh, about uh, Jack Abramoff and uh, Jake uh. Gyllenhaal for Love and Other Drugs and Paul Giamatti for Barney's version, which I don't know where it is or if anyone's ever seen it. They they can nominate that uh, yeah because it's, G- it's G- nominated really yeah he uh, he was on the Daily Show like just on the other day Monday. talking about it yeah, yeah yeah promoting it because it's not even it's not even wide it's not even I don't know somebody saw it and and apparently screened it at his house they decided um, that um, you know that that it was worth nominating uh, you know, Paul Giamatti is great I don't know I don't know in this category seriously there there is no. Two Johnny Depp performances, Paul Giamatti, Jake Gyllenhaal, Kevin Spacey. I got to go with Giamatti because nobody's seen the movie and um, the other ones are also awful. Yeah. So I guess I'm going with Giamatti. Alice in Wonderland is a comedy now because it's not a musical. There's not – I mean – No. What is, what is Alice in it Wonderland was, other than was, a huge waste of time? Oh, just further know, proof that Tim Burton needs to go away. I, I think Tim Burton has, has really, really needs to come up with some new ideas. I, think he, I didn't hate it, but it is, I, it is I hated a it. very slight minor, minor film. And I detested it, honestly. It was, I, was, I, I was pissed after seeing it. That's how much I didn't like it. Like, I was physically angry. I was after physically it. ill. Yeah, like the, the little dance thing that he did at the end. Um, yeah. Johnny Depp, the little Mad Hatter dance he did. I just, my, I think my head exploded. I think somebody needs to throw Tim Burton's CGI out the window uh-huh. completely mm-hmm. and see what, see what he can do in a movie like... Uh, Ed Wood? Can we it. get another Ed Wood yeah, out of that him? that would be great. But yeah, I think that's the last good thing. Well, I don't know how you felt about Big Fish. It wasn't a complete throwaway. It was, no, it was, it was okay. Sentimental. It was sentimental. I liked sentimental. Sleepy Hollow, though. I thought I Sleepy too. Hollow was a lot of fun. I actually still own Sleepy Hollow. Yep. I haven't sold it back yet. So uh, so that wraps up the comedy or musical categories. Which are um, neither musical nor funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's move on to the ones that the Oscars actually has. Yeah. Uh, for best animated feature, we don't really even need to talk about it. Toy Story 3 is going to win. Yeah. Um, and, and as well it should. What's it up against? It's up against Madagascar Despicable Me, 4. How to Train Your Dragon, uh, uh, Tangled, and The Illusionist, which is this little tiny film. Yeah, by the um, same guy that did Triplets of Belleville. Belleville. Yep. Yeah. And that should be coming out actually soon, probably this month in Kansas City. Oh, good. Uh, best foreign language film has one of the worst movies of the year, uh, Beautiful, um, which is uh, the director who gave us uh, Omoris Peros, which I love, yeah. and 21 Grams, uh, which I hate, and, and Babel, which I think is, is, is okay. It's pretty good. So, But anyway, um, very hate, depressing. You hated 21 Grams? Hated 21 Grams. Huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Sean Penn and Naomi Watts, just yep. like uh, Fair Game. Yeah. I wonder if there's a really gra- – well, no, because it's – Fair Games PG-13. I was going to say, I wonder if there's a really graphic um, sex scene, or I guess nipple kissing <laughs> yeah. scene in, in Fair Game. Uh, I, I wish uh, that Mother, the Korean South Korean film, uh, was nominated. It's not in yeah. this category in, inexplicably. I've watched that the now since, since uh, we last talked about it, and I have to agree with you. That's crazy. That's yeah. a really good movie. Um, I Am Love is in this category, however, of the Italian picture mm-hmm. uh, with Tilda Swinton in it, and that movie is pretty nuts, too. It's, it's uh, this big, slow build 
to yeah. one one moment and one big moment in one woman's life and the score for that movie and, and the cinematography, the very 70, 70s European-style cinematography is really great. So yeah. I hope I Am Love wins. I'm, that's my pick. Cool. Yeah, going back to the comedy thing, I still can't quit thinking about it. Why didn't Greenberg get... Or Greenberg, yeah. Greenberg, I mean, at least Ben Stiller. I don't even like Ben Stiller, but it was a funny performance in a, in a movie that was at least build itself as a comedy and tried to be funny. Is Armand White uh, on the Golden Globe Committee? He might be. <laughs> he might be. All right, so uh, we don't have much time, so uh, we'll move on to the ones that the Oscars actually do. These are the drama categories and, and uh, um, for, for Best Actress in a Motion Picture. Uh, we've got Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Natalie win, Portman for Black win. Swan. Should win. win Probably going to win. Jennifer Lawrence for Winner's Bone. Great performance. Yeah. Nicole Kidman for Rabbit Hole. I thought she was really unique in that movie. Yeah, she was good. And like you said, we, we had a conversation earlier about it. Whenever she plays an unlikable character, I always tend to gravitate more towards her. She yeah. does unlikable really well. And, and she does it because it works for her because she doesn't turn it into some Disney villain, you know? She's not pure evil. There's there's some conflict there, and there's some there's some you know dramatic elements to her performance. Her, her performance in this movie for me was really similar to what she did in Margot at the Wedding, which I thought yeah. was underrated. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then Halle Berry for Frankie and Alice, <laughs> another movie that we haven't seen and we don't know anything about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my, my pick for this one is Natalie Portman for Black Swan. I think that's the one that's going to win. I think Michelle Williams should win. I would be happy if her, Lawrence, uh, if, if, yeah, either of those three won. I think mm-hmm. that'd be great. Um, so and considering um, Halle Berry's nominated and Annette Benning got knocked down to comedy. We can assume that she's going to be in her place at the Oscars. Yeah. 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 Uh, best performance by an actor in a drama. Uh, this is a category uh, I really like. Uh, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg from The Social Network. Colin Firth for The King's Speech. James Franco for 127 Hours. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling for Blue Valentine and Mark Wahlberg for The Fighter. Huh. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's very subtle in that movie and he certainly yeah. uh, gets the crap beat out of him emotionally uh, and doesn't really stick up for himself. So uh, it's interesting that, um, you know, he doesn't have any of the fireworks, but that they nominated him here. Um, and I can, we can assume that since the Golden Globes, for some reason, apparently didn't see or didn't like the Coen brothers' true grit yeah. that uh, Mark Wahlberg's nomination will be replaced by Jeff Bridges uh, when the Oscars are actually announced. And uh, I don't understand why uh, Bridges, Damon, the Coens, Haley Steinfeld, uh, or the cinematography, none of that stuff Roger was Deacons. nominated for this movie. And, and uh, the Golden Globes are just, uh, yeah, anyway, stupid. whatever. Yeah. Big dumb joke. But So uh, in this category, uh, I think it's going to be Colin Firth. I think he's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. He's going to carry him all the way through for the King's Speech. It's a, it's a very predictable movie, but as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's very satisfying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's got a great uh, inspirational story, and, and he does a really good job giving a, a really three-dimensional performance, even though the, uh, the stutter mm-hmm. is something that we would, we would normally consider to be Oscar bait. I think he goes beyond that. He does, and, and uh, some of the things that push that movie past just sort of standard Oscar bait for me, because I've been talking to a lot of people about it because everyone's asking me if it's coming here or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I really liked about it was that it doesn't um, – that it lingers on it lingers on characters and it's it really builds interpersonal relationships between the characters that are believable it does and yeah. and naturalistic and not just between him and Jeffrey Rush but him and Helena Bonham Carter I mean they they both have a very believable um, sort of casual chemistry that I, I I liked a lot and even his um, 
even his interactions with uh, Guy Pierce, who plays his brother. Um, and by the way, why isn't Guy Pierce in more movies? But anyway, yeah, well, you know, every time he's in one, it wins Best Picture. The Hurt right. Locker. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, every time the last year. What am I talking about? That's yeah, dumb. But yeah, he just keeps showing up in these little parts, and he's always he just keeps great, popping up and doing great work, and then he just disappears again. He was in the last five minutes of the road. Yeah. Yeah, shows up. Well, that was because Hillcoat had him in the proposition mm-hmm. and their friends and all that. So, yep. but yeah, uh, yeah. So we both agree Firth is going to win this one too. Yep. Um, and now uh, let's move on to the supporting categories. Uh, I think these are really similar to what's going to happen at the Oscars: uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role, Amy Adams for The Fighter, mm-hmm. Helena Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, mm-hmm. Mila Kunis for Black Swan. Melissa Leo for The Fighter, and Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom, which is a great, great movie. And I don't know if everybody's seen it. Um, Man, yeah. She was really good in it, but I'm not going to give her the nod in this. I'm not going to say she's going to win. I think it's going to go to Melissa Leo. And again, if Haley Steinfeld from True Grit was nominated in this category, she would win it because she's that good. Uh, By the way, she's a lead performance and shouldn't even be in this category, but that's where they're pushing her this year. So my pick is uh, Melissa Leo for The Fighter. Mine's Amy Adams for The Fighter. Really? I liked liked Leo's performance better, but Adams has been winning, and I think that because she plays another another great way to predict awards is if a, if an actor plays um, against type against type yep. and she's definitely against type there so is Melissa Leo but not to the degree that Amy you know Melissa Leo isn't punching out Jersey girl sisters on the, <laughs> on, the on her front porch like uh, Amy Adams Amy was. Adams was really good and and she had a you know this this uh, this kind of stubborn mm-hmm. quality that makes her so likable and then when 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 she starts kind of turning into this uh, this toxic character that the mom's becoming, you can see how uh, fame and, and mm-hmm. a little bit of money and the promise of something good changes people. Yeah. I think she did that really well in this movie. Yeah, she did. And she did a really good job of just sort of, I mean, her face is, and this sounds stupid, but her face is different. She's not like, you know, you see her usually in movies and she's kind of sunny and bubbly and bright-eyed. And in this, she just looks... Like she looks the part perfectly. Her eyes are dim. Her face is just sort of yep, plain, and I, I, I plain, think, and she's she's just worn down. And I think that Leo's uh, performance, Melissa Leo's performance, is more over the top, more yeah. garish, and uh, I think it's going to be awarded for that. Okay. Right. Um. So so let's move on to uh, supporting actor, and I think this one's pretty much all wrapped up. Christian Bale's going to win it for the fighter. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield, great to see him nominated here for the Social Network. I would have also liked to see Army Hammer for the dual role of the Winklevi yeah. in uh, the Social Network. Uh, Jeremy Renner from The Town, the only good thing in that movie. Yeah, uh, and Jeffrey Rush for The King's Speech, which is, uh, as you were talking about, a great performance. There's one more person in this category, and uh, again, uh, any chance I get to make fun of the Golden Globes, but they do it to themselves when they nominate somebody like Michael Douglas for Wall Street. Money Never Sleeps, which is my vote for the worst movie (laughs) of the year, hands down. Really? Yeah. And Michael Douglas isn't terrible in it. Yeah. But what his character does, the the, the changes, the script, the things that they made Gordon Gekko do in that movie, it was just awful. Uh, uh, Just a complete uh, betrayal of everything that that, that – awful character stood for in the 80s what's and he do open a soup kitchen or something yeah, like? yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, he's totally redeemed and uh greed isn't good and and, he just yeah. spreads his wealth around and that's yeah. the <laughs> well it's you know family ties oh, the family ties oh. are stronger than uh, oh, you know God. one's greed and so when that's... there's a bubbly ending on the rooftop of a house with a new baby and balloons everywhere uh it made me want to 
throw something at the screen. That's so unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Uh, Christian Bale has been winning everything. He's over the top and amazing in the fighter. You can't take your eyes off of him. Yeah. He's going to win. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he should. I don't think it's one of those things where he's got the momentum and he's going to win, not because of the performance, but because of the, the amount of heat that's on him. I think it's deserved. And Oh, the heat. The heat. No, uh, best director. Uh, we've got um, David Fincher for mm-hmm. The Social Network. Darren Aronofsky for Black Swan. Yeah. Tom Hooper for The King's Speech, Christopher Nolan for Inception, and David O. Russell for The Fighter. And and what I like about this That's category... a really good category. <laughs> yeah, what I like about this category is that they nominated David O. Russell because he's not uh, liked in Hollywood. He's notoriously difficult to work with. Yeah. He will not get an Oscar nomination uh, for this for this movie. Um, and, and I should mention that the Golden Globes actually got it right. They've got all five of the directors... Uh, movies nominated also for Best Picture. I think we can pick both of those categories right now. Right now? Well, I would say that uh, for Best Director, David Fincher, Social Network. Um, that's who I think is going to win. Who I'd actually like to see wins Aronofsky because otherwise the only the only award it's going to get is for um, Natalie Portman, which it should get, but it, I think that without Aronofsky, that movie wouldn't have been as good as it was. And, you know, you he could took, say the he same took a, thing He took about, an okay script and yeah. made it good. I think... Fincher made a a good movie, great, but he had a he had a really great script to work with, and he had a strong cast too. And I think you know Aronofsky, his hands were all over that, um, and and sort of elevated it. I'd love to anyway. Short answer: I'd love to see Aronofsky win. Fincher's going to win, and the Social Network's going to win. Okay, uh, two years ago, uh, Mickey Rourke uh, beat Sean Penn for mm-hmm. Best Actor at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. The Oscar then went to to Sean Penn for Milk, but Mickey Rourke was in The Fighter. Which was an Aronofsky film, the wrestler. And, yeah, the wrestler. Uh, did I say the fighter? Yeah. And and uh, and and I think that it speaks volumes about uh, what Aronofsky can do uh, for an actor, just to create this amazing showcase for mm-hmm. uh, somebody. I think you're right. I think Portman is going to win, and I think Aronofsky will not win no. director and picture here. But I think the Globes are a little bit more traditional, maybe when it comes to. You're going to uh, say Hooper and King's Speech, aren't you? I'm going to say Fincher. And the King's Speech. And the only reason I'm going to say that, uh, uh, Fincher is because Hooper's just not well enough known. He did uh, this movie, The Damned United, uh, a couple Sweet years ago. Movie. And he did, he did uh, John Adams, the HBO mm-hmm. uh, miniseries. Um, and he's certainly starting to starting to gain a lot of respect. But I think Hooper's too much of a newcomer. Uh, and I think uh, for some strange reason, uh, they're going to go with the traditional um, – inspirational King speech uh, over the social network because it's just maybe too hard for uh, for for them to to grasp what that means uh, since they're not from America <laughs> how do you like that it's pretty good yeah pretty xenophobic though well no uh, you know I'm talking about the culture of Facebook and all that kind of thing yeah, and, yeah. And, and this very specific uh, you know American uh, you should uh, listen to Moline go off about immigration. Oh my oh, god! He see they can't even tell you're joking. He's this is terrible about that. Me and John McCain both. Oh god! So um, this bumper sticker about a fence. I don't even want to say what. It, wow. Yeah, it's weird. And on that note, uh, so there's our prediction. So watch the Golden Globes Sunday night, and uh, next week you can check in, and we'll tell you how wrong we were. We'll or play. Right we you were right. You were wrong. And the only places that we actually differed is you're picking the Social Network. I'm. Going out on a limb and picking the King's Speech. Yeah. And I don't then, think that's too much of a limb, though. You don't I mean, think so? And no. then what was your other pick that was different from mine? Oh, uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah, and supporting. I think it's going to be Leo. Everything else we pretty much agreed on. Mm-hmm. He's All in right. a pod. Yep. 
All right. Well, on that note, we're going to let you go so you have a good weekend. And uh, we're also going to have a good weekend because that's just how we do things. And the Critics' Choice Awards are Saturday night, I believe, on VH1. Mm. And that's going to be really interesting because Black Swan is nominated for more than any other movie this year. And those are the broadcast film critics circle. So, Yeah. So tune into that instead of going out on a Saturday night. I think that would be the smart thing to do. I'm going to be in front of my my TV all weekend. What are you talking about? All right. Well, have fun. I'm not. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everybody. This is Trevor McGee and Eric Moline. Signing off. Bye.